Good morning. morning. Happy Sabbath. It's a blessing once again to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I see that the Lord has preserved you through this past week and have brought you out to the house of God, which is a blessing. I'd like to thank the Lord this morning for my extended family that is here this morning, the Mason family. I remember 23 years ago, I had just got baptized. A week later, the late Elder Moses Mason came and did a weekend at our church. I'll never forget this, brothers and sisters. He was doing the meeting, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit led him to start talking about country living. Now, I had only been in the church one week. And when I heard this man speak of country living and how the Lord blessed them to get their country property, a seed was planted in my heart. We left that meeting that Friday night, and I told my wife, I said, we're getting out of Las Vegas. It took us 15 years, and the Lord led us to Tennessee. Elder Mason never got a chance to come to my country property. But I thank the Lord for using that man to get us out of that wicked city. And brothers and sisters, I believe the Lord has a very important message for us this morning. It is very important, brothers and sisters, we take note of what heaven wants to share with us this morning. This could possibly be the last message some of us will hear. So I pray, brothers and sisters, that you pray that the Lord will touch your hearts this morning. As I kneel, You're welcome to kneel with me. Father in heaven, Lord, I am not adequate. I am not able to speak the words that you have required me to speak. But Father, I remember in Exodus chapter 4, you spoke to your servant Moses. And you said, who made man's mouth? So Father, I pray this morning that the message you have given to me, it has touched my heart first. That as I shared to your people this morning, may the third person of the Godhead minister to every heart and soul this morning. I believe, Lord, this is a very, very important message. And Lord, I ask that where I am short, you make up the difference. Thank you, dear Lord, for hearing Thank you for answering. 
And I'm careful to give you the honor and the praise, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Do everyone have a handout? Let's look at number one on your handout this morning. Would you be ready? Would you be ready? In Great Controversy, page 594, paragraph 2, we're told, when God sends to men warnings so important that they are represented as proclaimed by holy angels flying in the midst of heaven, he requires every person endowed with reasoning powers to heed the message. The fearful judgments denounced against the worship of the beast in his image should lead all to a what? Diligent study of the prophecies to learn what the mark of the beast is and how they are to avoid receiving it. Brothers and sisters, I believe that the Lord is going to share with us this morning a vital attribute that would help us not to receive the mark of the beast. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 14. Ezekiel, the 14th chapter. In Ezekiel chapter 14, God is going to share something with us this morning. In Ezekiel chapter 14, looking at verse... 14. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 14. Are we there? The Bible reads, Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver but their own souls by their what? Said the Lord God. Here God reveals to us that these three men, if these three men were to enter into the crisis that is coming upon God's people, heaven says that these three men would be able to make it through the crisis. Heaven repeats itself in verse 20. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, said the Lord God, they shall deliver neither what? Sons nor daughters, they shall but deliver their own souls by their what? By their righteousness. Child guidance, page 201, paragraph 3 tells us that frequent Repetition leaves a permanent impression upon the mind. And God frequently gives us repetition in his word, does he not? So we are told that these three men by their righteousness. Now, what is the opposite of righteousness? I said, what is the opposite of 
of righteousness. Unrighteousness. Now, James, not James, sorry, John in 1 John chapter 5, verse 17, he says, all righteousness, all unrighteousness is sin. Now, when we look at righteousness and patience, they are synonymous. So what is the opposite of patience? It would be what? Impatience. So let's put another word there. Verse 20. Though Noah, Daniel, and Job were in it, as I live, saith the Lord God, they shall deliver neither what? Son nor daughter. They shall but deliver their own souls by their what? Put another word there. Patience. As we look at these three men, if these three men would be able to make it through the crisis, it would behoove us to study what they did. But we don't have time to go over all three men, but we're going to look at one Pacific. And who do you think that would be? Job. We're going to look at Job. Now, we talked about Job the last time I spoke, and we talked about the losses that Job sustained during a test that he was involved in. Now, do you think that Job would make it through the crisis? Does Job know what it means to have every earthly support cut off? Does Job know how to remain faithful when his own friends turned upon him? So Job knows by what? Experience. He knows by experience. So question. What did heaven say about Job? Heaven says that Job was a perfect man, did it not? The Bible says that that man was perfect and upright and one that did what? He feared God and he eschewed evil. So that means he would have received the seal of God in his forehead to make it through the crisis. We're going to need the seal of God to make it through, brothers and sisters. And it said, Job feared God. What does the first angel's message tell us? The first angel's message tells us to fear God and do what? And what was said of Job, it says that, he feared God and he eschewed evil, which means that, what? He gave glory to God. Now, there was one attribute. There's one attribute. There are many attributes of Job. 
But there is one attribute we want to study this morning that heaven brings out about Job. What do you think that attribute is? Who said that? Patience. Turn with me to James chapter 5. In James chapter 5, heaven brings out an attribute that we're going to study this morning about Job. And I believe, brothers and sisters, each one of us in this room, if we do not develop this attribute that we're going to study this morning, we are not going to make it through the crisis. In James chapter 5, look at verse 11. The Bible says, Behold, we count them happy which, what? Ye have heard of the what? And have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very, what? Pitiful and of tender mercies. So what did James see that stood out in Job's life? Patience. Patience. So when we are talking about Job this morning, we are actually talking about what? Patience. Patience. Now, What does the third angel highlight of those who will reject the mark of the beast? What does the third, I can't hear you, church. What does the third angel's message highlight that those who who in the last days would reject the mark of the beast? The patience of the saints. Here is the patience of the saints. By his patience, look at number two on your handout. Listen to what it says. It says, by his patient endurance, he vindicated his own character and thus the character of him whose representative he was. Patience. Now, look how heaven repeats and expands. Look at Revelation chapter 13. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 13. In Revelation chapter 13, looking at verse 9, let's see how heaven repeats and expands. It says here in Revelation chapter 13, starting with verse 9, if any man have an ear, let him what? He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Finish it. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Heaven repeats. Now, question. How many of us would like to have the experience of Job. Let me see a show of hands. 
No takers. One. One soul that has courage. Now, no one wants to have the experience of Job, but guess what? I have some bad news for you. Let's look at the definition of patience. And I put it on your handout so we could all look at it together. Let's look at the defini- definition of patience. Look at, let's look at number one. Do you see it? Does everyone have a handout? Does anyone need a handout? We need two handouts right here. Any more left? If someone has two, share with that couple. Listen to what it says. Patience. Number one, the suffering of affliction, pain, toil, calamity, provocation, or other evils with a calm, unruffled temper, and doing without murmuring or fretfulness. Did Job experience that? This is the definition of patience. So if we're going to develop patience, brothers and sisters, that means we're going to have to have some what? Pain. Look at number two. A calm temper which bears evil without what? Murmuring or dissent. Discontent. This is the definition of patience, brothers and sisters. Look at number three. It says, the quality of bearing offenses and injuries without anger or revenge? Have mercy. What are we studying this morning? Patience. Patience. Here is the patience of the saints. Now, when you, read, when you read that verse from this day forth, you're not going to look at it the same anymore. Brothers and sisters, if we are still struggling with patience in our homes, we have not yet reached perfection. Because what did heaven say of Job? He says he was perfect. Did, did, did not, Job didn't say that of himself. Heaven said that about him, that he was perfect and he assured evil. So what do we have to perfect in our characters, brothers and sisters? As a matter of fact, listen to what Matthew chapter 5, verse 48 says. You're familiar with that scripture? Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Listen to what the Bible says. Be ye therefore what? Even as your father, which is in heaven, is perfect. How do we get to perfection? Is by developing what? Patience. Look at number three in your handout. It says here. 
As a matter of fact, let me ask you a question. Why are we still struggling with patience? What did you say? (laughs) Right answer, sister. The reason why, brothers and sisters, we're still struggling with patience is because self is still finishing alive. And every last one of us sitting in this room, self is still alive. It's not dead. It needs to be dead. But self is still alive, brothers and sisters. This is why we're still struggling with patience. Now look at number three in your handout. It says here, it is the love of what? That destroys our peace. While self is all alive, we stand ready continually to guard it from modification and insult. Is that not true? Is that not true? It says here, But when we are dead and our life is hid with Christ in God, we shall not take neglects of slights to heart. Heaven is talking to us this morning. We shall be what? Deaf to reproach and blind to scorn and insult. Have mercy. Romans, Romans chapter 15. Let's see what Paul says in Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, looking at verse 5. Let's see what brother Paul says. In Romans 15, 5, the Bible says, now the God of who? In consolations, grant you to be what? Like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Is there a work that needs to be done in us this morning? Heaven says we need to be like-minded towards who? One another. Heaven is trying to get us prepared for the crisis, brothers and sisters. Satan has blinded our eyes too long to think that a little sin God will overlook. God is not going to overlook it, brothers and sisters. This is why God is sharing this with us this morning. What does God mark As a matter of fact, look at number four on your handout. Now, what did we say the opposite of patience was? Listen to what it says here. Parents. Are there any parents in here this morning? Every time you lose self-control and speak and act impatiently, you sin against God. The recording angel writes 
every impatient, unguarded word spoken before them. Carelessly or unjust. Every word that is not chaste and elevated, he marks as a what? Against your Christian character. What does God mark against your Christian character? Impatience. Impatience. How many of us suffered impatience just this week? Just this week. Putting this message together, brothers and sisters, the enemy was fighting me all week at work. I seem to be the most impatient person in the store. And I'm saying, Lord, I got to preach this message and I'm, I'm failing you left and right. But you know what? God is showing me my what? Myself. And impatient is a what? Spot. And what's a spot? Defect. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5, brothers and sisters. You know, we're told that we must remedy every defect in our what? Character. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul helps us out here. In Ephesians chapter 5, in verse 27. Ephesians 5, verse 27. Are we there? It says here, that he might present it to himself a glorious what? Not having what? A wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be what? Holy and without blemish. So if God marks a spot against your character, and it says that impatience is sin, what is it, brothers and sisters, we need to do? We need a reformation. I need a reformation. Though I'm standing behind the desk, heaven is talking to me. He's talking to you. Young people, he's talking to you. Heaven is going to be full of young people. And we are told that we can get the victory. Do you believe God? God is not rebuking us for a reason. God is rebuking us because he wants us to be what? Saved. Look at number five. Number five. It says here, we are in great danger of looking upon sin as a what? Is it possible, brothers and sisters, that when we get impatient, we can look at that as just a little thing? Is is that possible? Does heaven look at it as a small thing? Heaven doesn't see it as a small thing. Unworthy of notice. Sins of unkindness. Of what? Of fault finding 
of unthankfulness, of pride, and imitating the fashions of a doomed world should not be lightly regarded. So you mean to tell me the way I dress can be a sin? This is what inspiration says. It says, the channels of thought and action are worn deep and broad by what? And what did we say about repetition? Repetition does what? It deepens the impression and leaves a permanent, I mean, it deep, it frequently, repetition frequently leaves a permanent impression upon the mind. It goes on to say, the longer one pursues a given course of conduct, the greater is the probability that he will continue the same course doing life. Evil habits are like chains to hold one to a wrong course. Then how earnestly should we begin the work of what? Reformation. Number six, the sins of an unbelief are as offensive in the sight of God today as in the days of who? All who profess godliness are under the most sacred obligation to guard their own spirit and to exercise what? Self-control under the greatest providence. We must control self. Self must be in control. No, under under control. Self must be under control. Amen. Self is already in control. Self must be under control. Okay. Praise the Lord. We're straight on that. Let's look at James chapter 1. James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, James chapter 1, looking at verse 4. <clears throat> In James chapter 1, looking, looking at verse 4. Are we there? James says, but let patience have her what? Perfect work that ye may be perfect, entire, wanting, Nothing. So James tells us, let patience do what it needs to do. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you ever lifted weights back in the days? Anybody ever lifted weights? Now, when we lifted weights, I can remember when we lifted weights, we used to have a saying, no pain. Okay. No pain, no gain, right? But in the, in the Christian dispensation of what we are studying here this morning, no pain, no what? Wait, come on now. Y'all was together with no pain, no gain. Now, in the Christian dispensation, no pain, no what? Patience. What did we look at the definition of patience? 
the definition, number one, it says the suffering of affliction, pain, tall calamity. So in the Christian dispensation, brothers and sisters, no pain, no what? So you need to redirect your mind about Job. Because what Job experienced, you think God just put that there? Job's experience, brothers and sisters, is going to be our experience. And unless God lays some of us to rest before the crisis comes, this will be our lot. Now, it behooves us, brothers and sisters, as heaven is showing these things with us, that we would diligently decide that, Whenever, and trust me, brothers and sisters, you're going to be tested this week. Mark my word, Brother Chuck. You may be tested before the Sabbath is over with. But we're going to be tested. And brothers and sisters, if we fail and you recognize you fail, what should you do? Ask the Lord for what? Brothers and sisters, we're told that we are not to go to bed with unconfessed what? So how many of us have gone to bed with unconfessed sins and we were impatient that day? Look at number seven on your handout. Number seven on your handout. Listen to what it says. Trials will what? So we can expect that, right? It says here, it is true, even to those who are fully consecrated. The patient of the most patient will be severely tested. Lord, have mercy. The patient of the most patient. So we can look at Job because heaven says that the man was perfect. The man was patient. Yet he was severely what? He was severely tested. It says, the, now look at the contents in which this quotation places it. It says, the husband or the wife may utter words that are liable to provoke a hasty reply, but let the one who is spoken to keep silent. The silence there is what? Often, silence is the severest rebuke that could be given to the one who has sinned with his lips. Husbands, wives, Heaven is talking to us this morning. So inspiration says to us, everyone is going to be what? Tested. So that means everyone must be placed in what? Trying circumstances. No pain, no patience. And where is the best place to develop patience? The home. 
the home. Now, you may be single and living alone, but you might have a pet. You might have a dog. You might have a cat. And that you can come home one day and the cat and scratched up all your furniture. Do you think you might lose, uh, you might get a little impatient? But each one of us is going to be what? Tested. Now, who is the greatest example in the Bible? Who is the greatest example in the Bible that we can learn from with patience? Who is it? Say it loud. Let heaven hear you. And where did Jesus develop patience? What did, what did where, I, I didn't say as a child, I said where? Where did Jesus develop his patience? In the home. In the home. In the home. Did not Jesus have trials and difficulties with his own brethren? How many of you read The Desire of Ages? You've read it? But listen to what heaven says. Number eight in your handout. Listen to what heaven says. It says, number eight. As a child, Jesus manifested a peculiar loveliness of what? His willing hands were ever ready to serve others. Do you hear that, young people? Real young people. Do you hear that? Where my other young brother? Wake up over there. Do you hear that? Yeah, I'm talking to you. It says here, he manifests the patience that nothing could disturb in, in a truthfulness that would never sacrifice what? In principle, firm as a rock, his life revealed the grace of what? Unselfish courtesy. Jesus had to suffer pain to develop what? Patience. As we begin to wind down, brothers and sisters, let's look at one more individual. Who was John and James? <laughs> John, Jesus nicknamed these individuals what? The sons of thunder. Now, let's look at what John says of Jesus in Revelation chapter 1. In Revelation chapter 1, let's look at what John says of Jesus. Revelation chapter 1. Are we there? Listen to what John says. John says, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in what? In tribulations and in the kingdom in what? Of who? Jesus Christ was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God 
and for the testimony of who? Number nine in your handout. Listen to what it says. All the disciples had serious faults. Now, brothers and sisters, this should give us hope. Every last one of us here this morning, this should give us hope. It says, all the disciples had serious faults when Jesus called them to, to his service. Even John, who came into closest association with the meek and lowly one, was not himself naturally meek and yielding. He and his brother were called who? While they were with Jesus, any slight shown to him aroused their indignation and combativeness. Evil temper, revenge, the spirit of criticism were all in the beloved disciples. He was proud and ambitious to be what? First in the kingdom of God. But look, look, listen to this. But day by day, in contrast with his own violent spirit, he beheld the tenderness and forbearance of who? And heard his lessons of humility and what? He opened his heart to the divine influence and became not only a what? Hearer, but a doer of the Savior's words. Now, here we go. Self was what? Hid in Christ. He learned to wear the yoke of Christ and to bear what? His burden. What did John learn? He learned patience. Through what? We have been told that we should take a thoughtful hour each day to meditate upon the closing scenes of who? Christ's life. And, 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 and Paul tells us in Revelation, I'm sorry, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, that we behold in a glass what? From glory to glory. So as we behold Christ's life, brothers and sisters, it has to have some type of effect on us. By beholding you become what? Do you believe it? Will you take the time to study Christ's life? Would you take the time to allow Christ to develop patience in you? No pain, no what? So know this, brothers and sisters, that we're going to have some pain. We can't get around it. This is what this. These are the methods God uses to develop that patience that we need. Do you want it to be said of you, Sister Marsha? That's my friend. Here is the patience of the saints. Do you want that to be said of you? Now, remember, remember, remember this. Though these three men, Noah, Daniel, and Job, were in it, they should deliver neither their own souls by their righteousness, said the Lord God. So what is this? An individual what? It's an individual thing. The children is not going to get in on the father's righteousness. Neither the father on the children. This has to be developed in each one of us what? Individually, can it be done? 
from the children on up to the adults, because we read about Jesus as a child. So no one is left, what, behind. Do you see it, brothers and sisters? Our closing scripture, which was our scripture reading in James chapter 5. James chapter 5. Listen to what it says. James chapter 5, verse 7 says, Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman, who is the husbandman? Waited for the precious fruit of the earth. And who are the fruit? And have long, what? Patience for it. Until he receives the what? Early and latter rain. Verse 8. It says, Be ye also what? Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord do what? Do you believe that the coming of the Lord draweth nigh? Do you believe it, brothers and sisters? If you believe it, brothers and sisters, let heaven know that you believe it. I'm going to ask that we want to pray for you this morning. We want to pray a prayer this morning that God will give us what we need to be able to withstand the attacks of the enemy that is going to come up on us this week. Would you like to come forth? And I'm going to ask Elder Chuck, would you get a mic? I'm going to ask Elder Chuck to come forth and to pray a prayer of consecration. Brothers and sisters, what we've just studied this morning affects every last one of us. Not, not one soul in here is left out. We all are in need of patience. And we can't, God has taken the blinders off our eyes. We can't go around being impatient and think God is going to overlook it. You have the handouts. Go back home and read them. Study them. We have to get the victory over being impatient. Satan has been deceiving us. But God has taken the blinders off our eyes this morning. Elder, would you pray for us? Father in heaven, as we hear, heard your word this morning, we want to thank you for this message. We want to thank you for trying to wake us up, make sure that we don't miss this. We want you to imbue your spirit into our hearts because we can't just do this on our own. Yes, yes. We have heard that loud and clear from you today. We need you. We need yes. you desperately. Yes. Um. My, my toes are sore this morning from being stepped on, but it's because I haven't been paying attention, and I don't want that to happen. And I pray that as your, your people here who are knelt and kneeling, and as we lift our voices to you in, in penitence, 
we ask that you come in and change us into what we need to be and who we need to be. And we open those scriptures, we search, and we allow you to work in us and have that reformation that our brother Michael was talking about that we are able to change and become exactly who you envision us to be. Yes, yes, yes. And look in that mirror and see the reflection of Jesus. Yes, yes. Thank you so much, Father, for giving us this word this morning. And I pray these things in Jesus' blessed name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, brother.